What's up, everybody? This is Zach, and you're listening to the Dino Developer Show. With JavaScript and TypeScript, you can write server-side code, and on this show, I talk about utilizing your JavaScript or TypeScript skills so you can do back-end development in the runtime Dino. In this first episode, I'll be covering what this podcast is about, who it's for, what is Dino, and where Dino is currently at. This show is about learning backend development concepts with some tech we already know and love, which are JavaScript and TypeScript, and then doing it in a more secure way with a runtime like Dino that's also emphasizing web standards. So if you're a front-end developer that has little to no backend development experience, or maybe you just want to brush up on some things... Um, this podcast is going to be great for you. I'll be trying to go over some basic concepts and even some newer features of JavaScript and TypeScript that you might already know, um, but you might be regularly using in Dino. Um, I'll be going over some of those as well. And that's just so that everybody is on the same page, you know, some, or somebody, you know, might be coming in, uh, that's newer. Um, also, if you are a hobbyist programmer that likes JavaScript and TypeScript, you're welcome as well. Um, even if you're just here to learn about Dino itself and you know forget the basic back-end concepts, um, you are welcome as well because obviously there are some different things about Dino uh, and ways in which it works. Uh, so again, all are welcome here. Now I'm going to get get into what I'll be spending the majority of my time on for this episode, which is what is Dino? Okay, I'm so excited. It's so cool. This is a new runtime for writing modern JavaScript and TypeScript. So whether you want to stick with regular JavaScript you can do that, or if you want to uh, go over to TypeScript, you're welcome to do that as well. It doesn't matter. You can just start scripting in Dino with either one, which is really nice. Um, and as far as what it's actually built with, it uses V8 just like Node did. However, this time around, they the team behind it, which is uh, Ryan Dahl again, and he's brought on some other people, um, but they're using V8 and Rust this time. Uh, so, yep, there is no C++. And originally, the project was actually done with Golang, but due to some complications, the team decided it was best to switch over to something like Rust. If you're the type of person that really likes to dive into the internal workings of the tech and how it works, then I recommend you head over to dino.land and they have a chart that helps explain the bindings between uh, V8 and Rust and all the other uh, internals that are going on. It's actually really cool. Uh, it is very complicated. So if you do get intimidated by that type of stuff, 
uh, don't worry, you don't have to look at it. Um, but it's there if you're interested in that. All right. So on to the benefits of Dino. So Dino ships as a single executable and it takes uh, security very seriously. Right away, whenever you go and download it and you try to uh, write a script and run it, right away, uh, it limits the capabilities made available to processes. Uh, what does this mean for you as a developer? Well, you have to explicitly grant these permissions to the network, file system, and any outside environments. This is done with the use of flags. So if you want to grant permissions to the network, you have to do it with a flag. And for that particular example, it would be dash dash allowed dot dash net while you do your Dino run, uh, you know, whatever file app.js or TS. Okay. So there's that around security. The other thing that is a nice segue is uh we don't have the same type of package management style that we had in the past. If you were familiar with Node, um, you know we would have NPM, and this is where you would get your modules from. Even though there is a way to do a compatibility uh, mode with Node modules, Dino loads in modules with URLs instead, which are then cached. This does offer like a lot of flexibility to be really honest, because you can import modules from basically anywhere that supports HTTP. Okay. Switching gears a little bit. Um, it's a Good thing to note that Dino has a good standard library, and it's actually based off of Golang, which, as I mentioned before, the project was originally done with, and then they switched to Rust. Anyway, um, they still take their cue from a little bit from Go, just because uh, Go's done a lot of things very well, uh, to be honest. Uh, it makes me myself um, kind of interested in Go and to, you know, go check it out. Um, then also there's the thing about browser compatibility with Dino. Um, this is probably the thing I've come to like the most about Dino. Um, this is really good news for front-end developers looking to invest some time into back-end uh, it's a good reason why to choose Dino or to check out Dino. Um, you won't have to um, learn as many different odd things. Um, and the reason is because you as a front-end developer are already very aware of, or probably are, <laughs> of web standards. This means... Fetch is fetch. You don't need to download a separate module or anything for it to work. If there is something that you need still uh, that is not provided by web standards, 
then Dino comes with namespaces, which will help fill in some of those gaps that the uh, web standards aren't filling in. What does this all mean? It means, in theory, that the code that you write for the browser works in Dino and vice versa. It's so nice, really, honestly. It is, um, it is really a nice thing that they've done. Another thing is Dino emphasizes modern JavaScript and TypeScript, okay? One way it really shows this is in how it deals with asynchronous programming. Dino uses async await heavily and oftentimes uh, promises are returned, okay? If you don't know async await, then you'll probably want to learn that before diving into Dino. Otherwise, you might be blocked <laughs> fairly quickly. Uh, so yeah, definitely learn async await uh, before diving into Dino. Uh, it's not a super difficult uh, concept to learn. So yeah, just find some documentation on MDN or something like that, and you should be good to go. Before closing this episode, I want to touch on Dino's current state. I think it goes without saying Node is probably more popular, or is more popular, not probably, it is more popular than Dino. And Dino has quite a bit to go in order to catch up to Node. However, Dino is picking up steam, despite some blogs saying that Dino is already dead. Like, honestly, the tech isn't even that old. I think it's like, what? What did it? It started in 2018 or something like that. How can people make that claim? Like, it takes a while for these things to grow right? Despite all of that and some of the naysayers, a lot of people are very interested in this tech. I mean, you go on YouTube or you just type in Dino in a Google search and you'll find a ton of blogs talking about Dino and showing examples on how to get started with Dino and doing certain things in it, okay? Also, if you didn't know already, Dino is also a company by the Dino team. And right now it offers a developer, or excuse me, it offers a deployment service called Dino Deploy. Just so that you're aware, as of right now in the recording of this episode, March 2022, it is in beta, but you can try it for free. Okay, when it goes, uh, gets out of beta, that's not very clear yet, but it is definitely worth checking out. Uh, I got a chance to play with it, and it's really nice and easy to start a project and analyze how it's going. If you are used to things like Netlify, it feels very familiar. Again, so for the front end devs out there that are kind of interested in back end or whatever, and you've used services like Netlify, um, it's not going to be too much of a learning curve for you, okay? 
Some other things to note uh, before ending this is back when the company started, they had an they had initial backers, so they had a funding round or initial seed round. So one of the backers was actually the Mozilla Corporation. Didn't even know they uh, they invested in companies. How much they invested themselves, I don't know, um, but they are one of them. In all, the initial seed round was around, uh, I think it was $4.9 million. Uh, so, yeah. Since I also mentioned Mozilla, I think uh, it's a good place to mention that if you go to MDN uh, website, you'll see that Dino is now a part of the web compatibility charts. Uh, which is really cool. And lastly, but definitely uh, not least, is that uh, a company is already utilizing Dino, which is awesome. So back in November 2021, Slack announced that they are using Dino for their new Slack CLI tool, which is really nice. Okay, well, that concludes the first episode of the Dino Developer Show. I want to thank you so much for joining me in for this first episode. As I said, whether you're just starting your backend journey or you're just interested in understanding what Dino is all about, you are all welcome. And music is done by audionautics.com. My name is Zach, and I will catch you next time.